Hello parents, I'm Himani. Hi, I'm Kalyani. Welcome to a brand new episode of Partners in Upbringing. Me and Himani are friends, neighbors and of course moms. And if you're a parent to a bright young mind, this podcast is just for you. And if you like our podcast, please consider sharing it with your friends and relatives. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Partners in Upbringing to get the latest updates. Oh, by the way, Kalyani, I've read a very interesting quote. It goes like, if a child cannot learn in the way we teach, we must teach in the way the child can learn. Wow, (laughs) this is so true. But thinking about it, if uh, I'm teaching something to Ishan and Neva and they don't learn, I generally say it's okay, uh, they'll learn sometime. But on the other hand, if they're not eating well, I definitely make sure that I do 10 different things to ensure they eat well. See? Here is a mom who believes in it and has actually taken the pain to design and structure her kids' learning journey. Her activities are not only interesting and engaging, but well thought through to achieve a certain objective and training their minds to reach their maximum potential. Let's all welcome Divya Gupta, a qualified microbiologist and a mother of two lovely kids, Atharva and Amaya. Hi Divya, welcome to Partners in Upbringing. Hi, hi, uh, Himani and Kalyani. Thank you so much for having me on your uh, portal. It's indeed a pleasure and great honor to be with both of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. (laughs) And especially in these times of pandemic, when the kids are home, I really, really admire your efforts and want to know what all you're doing. Tell us how it all began for you. Like what inspired you to do this? Okay, so uh, I can say that, uh, you know, as a mother, you'll agree that motherhood is an extremely beautiful journey. I'm lucky that I've experienced it twice with my son, Athar, who is almost eight years old, and my daughter, Amaya, who has just turned three last week. So personally, for me, it was very clear from the beginning that I wanted to have very strong foundation for my kids. And I wanted to make their learning fun because if learning is fun, then only it can be everlasting. I'm not using the word long lasting. I'm saying everlasting. Fantastic. All right. And you might uh, uh, agree with me. We have been a part of a journey where we were forced to, you know, grab things, mug up things, which used to exist till the time we passed exam, even longer than that. But in practical life, if you, if you ask me what is Archimedes principle, I may not remember that. Yeah. So this was the logic behind I started doing hands-on activities with my son almost seven years back when he was one and a half years old. Mm-hmm. I started involving myself in his day-to-day activities and I started giving a lot of attention um, to details, you know, what he's doing, what he's not doing. And based on which I started doing need-based learning with him okay uh, all right uh, i mean i was focusing on things which my child was weak on or he needs to focus on or he can strengthen uh, those skills at early age and that's how it all started so basically i say that i started need-based learning at home mm-hmm. with my first one and mm-hmm. still the journey is on with my second one mm-hmm. the best thing which i like about your activities is that the setup time is five minutes or lesser So that makes it very practical. uh, I mean, you'll laugh if I say that when you are a mom of two, only five minute activities will work if you want to do them every day. 
I can't That's agree so more. True. <laughs> and I mean, uh, and I personally believe that if you spend so much time in setting up the activities, you'll strain yourself, and maybe a week after ten days, you'll feel exa- exhausted. You don't want to do. Hmm. So the only mantra, if you want learning to be continuous, just spend minimum time in setting up any activity. I agree that as a Instagrammer, I may say that some of my posts are not Instagram worthy. <laughs> But yes, my child has uh, done that activity, or he or she has enjoyed. He has has learned by uh, you know doing that activity. My purpose is solved. What aspects do you consider while you design activities? It's a long journey which I have uh, you know passed to reach to this stage where we are talking now. So uh, as a parent, we want immediate outcomes. but when you are doing day to day activities please don't expect your child to master activity in one go it doesn't happen overnight so my mantra is that i have focused on nine key areas okay uh, on which i surround all my activities these nine key areas are foundation stone of uh, you know skill set of any age First, any activity which I am planning for my child, it has to be interest-led. My child should be interested in doing that activity. Mm-hmm. It should not happen that I am interested. My child should learn this, so I do. My toddler is currently obsessed with aliens. So mm-hmm. if you see, my grade is full of alien activities. So mm-hmm. you know, it's a natural inclination of a mom. If your child is interested in a particular theme or a character or a skill set, you. revolve your activities around that so, you know a uh, invitation to learn mm-hmm. all right second one is you focus on language mm-hmm. okay. language because in early age language skills are very important child should have uh, you know should know many words mm-hmm. or should know how to express his needs when mm-hmm. they are getting ready for kindergarten or they are they are moving from kindergarten to primary one then mm-hmm. language should not be the concern they should not be you know in their cocoon not interacting with friends mm-hmm. or just be confined to themselves so any right. language activity should be a part of your daily routine mm-hmm. it may mm-hmm. be in the form of flashing flashcards reading mm-hmm. books exploring new words maybe on tv or you are going in uh, to the playground uh, asking is this a monkey bar or is this a slide mm-hmm. right so kids are learning words everywhere third one is literacy literacy is basically phonetics right first we work with letter recognition then we work on what are the sound then we move on to blending then you move, mm-hmm. move on to digraphs then we move on to fluency readings that's how the stages are so mm-hmm. third one is literacy then fourth is math early math so for toddlers mm-hmm. uh, we can we should plan activities focusing on number recognition or suppose if i'm saying uh, can you put three monkeys then quantity association child should know another fourth one i have clubbed uh, two broad categories in one uh, heading which is logical thinking and visual discrimination mm-hmm. so uh, kids of early age are very smart they okay. are applying logic in every activity we are doing as parents but we don't understand example suppose you have brought a set of cutlery uh, from the market okay it's lying on the table if you ask your toddler okay can you sort the cutlery 
I want mm-hmm. spoons to be kept one place, knives to be kept one place, and forks to be kept one place. A one and a half or two years child would find it little challenging, but after certain observation or you know certain hit and trial, he or she will be able to sort. Now the, your child is three years old. The same set of cutlery you ask, can you put one spoon here, two knives here, three uh, forks here? Then the sorting changes. He or she is counting. He or she is classifying and is putting lot of attention on the data. That spoon mm-hmm. will go in this category, knife will go in this category. So, so these are things which we are doing unknowingly with our child, but they are learning every way. Jigsaw mm-hmm. puzzle is an example because it involves logical thinking. Only this part will fit at this place, right? Right. Another part is visual discrimination or a matching activity. Mm-hmm. Okay, we it's very easy for a, a child who is three three years old to match a cat to a cat, mm-hmm. but it becomes challenging when you ask your child to match match a cat with eyes closed to a cat whose eyes are open. Mm-hmm. You know, this is that's how you should graduate. First, start a matching activity, then visual discrimination. Visual discrimination is like we are challenging child as per the age. We challenge more. You know, now right. you have to find a cat which with whose one hand is up and one hand is down. <laughs> the child is looking the same cat, but he is looking for different attributes now. So mm. you are working on his logical thinking and his ability to recognize similarity and differences in that particular set. Mm. All right. Okay. And next one is art. Kids of all age enjoy art and craft. So always right. include one art activity in your day. I mean, I mean, it may look very uh, difficult for you to process that. You know, how can we do all these activities in a day? You you don't have to do every day. But when you are planning, at least try to introduce one topic a day. Okay, yeah. let's do art and craft a day. It may be stamping. It may be just doodling. It may be finger painting. Kids enjoy this. All right. Okay. And next one is uh, pre-writing, because kids okay. when they are young, we need to focus a lot on their pre-writing or writing skill. They should know what type of strokes, uh, you know, they are moving. They hmm. uh, are moving up and down. That that's is the foundation skill of writing when they will be going in the kindergarten. So right. that's one category. Mm-hmm. Next one is sensory, because kids of early age learn. Very fast if you do lot of sensory activities with them. They are the most popular ones, I think. They are the most popular ones. You uh, you cook something nice. Your toddler enters home. He asks the question, "Mama, have you cooked pasta?" Because his <laughs> sensory skills are so strong at that age. You, I mean, you should explore all the um, sensory mediums, whatever you have at home. It can be mm-hmm. as easy setting up, uh, you know, a pot full of rice, uncooked rice. Mm-hmm. And give him two spoons. He will be busy for hours. And last but not the least is practical life, because uh, toddlers they are at the age bracket when they are preparing themselves to enter in the kindergarten. Uh, we always say, okay, my child is potty trained or not potty trained. Will I be making him or her wear diapers? That is second question. First question is my kid ready to express him or herself that I need to go to the toilet. If he or she is going to the toilet, can he unopen his button? That's an important practical life skill. When he or she is thirsty, can he open the lid of the bottle to drink water? 
when you are feeding a child can my child hold the spoon and balance and can feed him or herself so that's what i mean by practical life skill Mm-hmm. So these are the nine uh, aspects that I focus. If you have, you know, made this as a guide, this mm-hmm. my activity should revolve around these nine domains. Then you are set. It's oh. like a whole lot of things, right? <laughs> Divya, when you said as a guide, uh, we can have this, but how do you really plan it? You keep the activities ready, and depending on the mood of the child, you give them one activity. Uh, so what mm-hmm. I have done at home, and which has helped me a lot. i have mm-hmm. a small shelf set up for my kids so for mm-hmm. my elder one who is now 8 years i don't set up a shelf because he have grown up uh, outgrown that age but for my toddler i have a shelf which has eight compartments and all eight compartments i have labeled one is for fine motors one is for sensory play one is for math and i keep a activity there this activity for example for logical thinking you can keep a jigsaw puzzle mm-hmm. for fine motors you can put a rice scooping and pouring for pre writing mm-hmm. you can just ro- uh, uh, keep any notebook where your child can doodle so you have always eight activities handy in, at your home in his or her area because mm-hmm. it's very difficult you know to uh, meet the expectation of a child and we all are busy parents we don't have time so whenever mm-hmm. i am busy or i don't have time my uh, my toddler goes pick up any activity and ask mama can i do this and we do so it's like i give one uh, day normally every sunday 15 minutes when i set up the shelf for my child where i keep these eight activities for eight topics and mm-hmm. then i don't uh, change for another week or 10 days because eight or 10 activities the toddler cannot do one activity more than 15 minutes Fifteen mm-hmm. minute is the upper limit, and when you have eight activities on his shelf in his room, he has a lot of variety to do. So, and why I yeah. don't put interest led activity on his shelf? I keep it in my kitchen because when I'm cooking, the child will come. He will take that <laughs> basket of interest led activity, and he or she is busy. I mean, so interest led activity as a tip, I will say always keep in a place where you are working. like mm-hmm. right now my toddler is busy in peeling uh, she enjoys peeling stickers so i always keep one pack of sticker book in, in my kitchen when i am cooking she is always busy peeling sticker and sticking them to another paper <laughs> so i mean if you do it systematically it's very easy to plan right mm-hmm. uh, what what actually i'm curious about is uh, all these things are also taught at school Hmm. So, right. what was the reason that you actually, you know, designed something that will complement the teachings in school? Okay, all right. Okay, so as I said in the beginning, I always focused on need-based learning. As a hmm. mother, I know where my child is lacking. All hmm. right, and as a mother, I have only one child to handle. The teacher has thirty hmm. kids to handle. Even if my child is lacking in something. the teacher because of the limitation can only allocate a particular amount of time a particular time of attempts with my child but as a mother i know like for example i'll give you i have a 8 year old and i have a 3 year old my 8 year old still struggle when he has to eat on his own his first reaction will, will always be mama can you feed me mm-hmm. all right so as a mother i knew it long back that i need to work a lot with my son 
on scooping and pouring activity because I saw him he was struggling little bit with holding the spoon but with mm-hmm. my toddler who is 3 years old she's perfect in scooping and pouring you give anything she will scoop and pour without even spilling a single grain of rice i focus mm-hmm. a lot on need based learning as a mother you know where my child is lacking it's not about repeating what the school is teaching school will mm-hmm. teach at their pace at their time limit but as a mother you can decide whether i need to give this activity or this skill more time because my child is not ready to move to the next level right divya can you give us more examples of simple activities which can be done with the kids so that uh, they come handy okay Mm-hmm. All right with uh, kindergartner i will uh, recommend in times like these especially when it's pandemic we have limited resources you can involve them a lot in practical life activities because these mm-hmm. are the activities you don't have to prepare they are available at home for example if uh, you are uh, preparing breakfast why don't you invite your toddler to just spread uh, uh, butter or jam on a piece of bread is holding the knife that is that time he or she is working on fine motor skills when he or she spread the butter they are working on hand to eye coordination it may mm-hmm. sound or look simple but they are actually working on a skill second uh, you know rice is always my favorite uh, you know object and it is always available in the kitchen you can easily pull out one of uh, you know ice tray old ice tray and ask your child to put uh, to scoop one spoon of rice and fill one block of that ice tray hmm you know it's very simple because ice tray has compartment the child has to actually work on finger control hand eye coordination and it takes lot of precision for a child of 3 to 5 to balance that spoon and transfer so hmm. transferring hmm. activities are very handy and they are very effective this right. is like if you have jigsaw puzzles and i know with experience i can say kids sometimes are not at all interested in jigsaw puzzles mm-hmm. uh sometimes we can wrap all the jigsaw puzzles in a foil paper and ask the child to open as if they are opening a present it adds to mm-hmm. the excitement open the puzzle and match it so they yeah. are working again on their fine motor they are tearing the paper they are working on two direction when we tear the paper we work on two direction one hand goes forward one hand goes backward so there is a science behind you are working yeah. on that skill so there are i mean these are certain activities which you can easily plan at uh, home and on my uh, page i have given them category wise like under 5 the mm-hmm. activities which kids can do at home or in the kitchen things like that something so simple as tearing a paper has actual actual effects i mean i don't think a lot of uh, us as parents realize this <laughs> yeah i mean it's actually a uh, i mean tearing a paper is actually mm-hmm. a great logical activity because your hands are giving a signal to move uh, in opposite direction while your brain is saying that you have to move in one direction to tear it so the child is wor- working on bilateral coordination yeah Yeah. Divya, would you like to share any tips for households which have two kids of different age groups, and uh, how can they want... be engaged at the same time? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a challenge for all parents isn't it <laughs> absolutely you said it so uh, uh i mean uh, this is something which is very close to my heart because i am a mom of two and they have a wide age group 8 and 3 mm-hmm. so one thing which i think kids of both the age can uh, enjoy is sensory play that's one thing secondly you can involve both the kids by asking your elder one to do any art and craft which you can extend uh, any matching activity for your younger one maybe can you please give us an example here uh, okay if your uh, elder one likes uh, drawing you can ask him to draw any character which he or she likes so for example i did the same recently with my son he is obsessed with among us character these days so he drew a among us character i asked him what does among us like to eat he said mama he likes to eat cheese i said can you mm-hmm. make some cheese slices he was busy he was so happy that mama is asking me to do this craft he made mm-hmm. this i just added number blocks to the same creation i invited my toddler amaya this is among us among us wants to eat two cheese i put number 2 and i asked can you feed among us two slices of cheese she picked up the same paper and started feeding among us we worked on counting with my mm-hmm. younger one while my uh, elder one was busy in creating art and craft and he would have been so happy that he his sister so is feeding yes. his yeah. own creation yeah really <laughs> win win here really, yeah. win win around for example if you are doing sensory play all right toddler will always be busy in scooping and pouring and um, creating a mess right while you give mm. your elder one at the same time use this as a opportunity and we can discuss about cause and effect what happens rice to always fall down is it because of the gravity they are falling down you can right. talk about hand muscles you can give different mm-hmm. sizes of spoons because you know if the ladder is big it requires lo- a large amount of rice to be scooped if the spoon is small it will only requires few grains so mm. it requires a lot of logical thinking for your elder one to you know uh, gaze and see okay i need to use only this much strength because the spoon size is small mm. while your elder one younger one is only scooping and pouring and creating mess your elder one is busy in discovering uh, certain science facts what is cause and effect or what does gravity things like that i mean you have to work actually on your kids strength and weaknesses then only you can make a model there is not you know a proven uh, theory which i can share but i think you know that we send our kids to school and then we feel that okay now this is good enough for this age hmm. why should i you know burden them with so many things it's okay uh, let them enjoy this is a time to have fun hmm. but uh, i remember uh, you know we had spoken about this that a lot of us don't know what is the thought process or what effect these activities have at the at the later age yes. so could you could you tell us you know uh, how it actually works all right so uh, i mean la- nowadays coding is uh, it's in fashion we mm-hmm. as a parent would you know be very happy that my child is attending coding class he's learning robotics for example when we do coding the basic thing moving left to right giving direction to your computer left or right right or we say that if you press space button then the, there will be a space between words right these are conditionals but when the kids are young we are not doing any such activity you take a very basic example 
kids like to play with the dice right we are all yes. have played ludo when we were young so we mm-hmm. say that when we roll the dice so if six come then we have to move six place forward it's a basic coding what we have learned in early days if and then it's a basic mm-hmm. rule of conditionals but these are certain basic uh, foundation of uh, things like coding mm-hmm. take an example if you have a colored wheel which has mm-hmm. six colors on a circle and you have attached a spinner okay mm-hmm. and you are playing with your toddler and you are spinning that spinner and you say okay that when the spinner lands on a uh, color red you have to pick and choose anything which is red in color mm-hmm. your toddler is very happy that i have to keep spinning the spinner he will or she will be keep spinning <laughs> first it come to red okay mama it has come to red okay give me anything red he or she may pick up a apple or anything then you say okay it has now come to yellow they will pick a duck it's a basic mm-hmm. coding thing you are doing with your toddler if and then i simply love this example because that will also make the kids run around the house yeah. and get some physical activity <laughs> staying at home i remember when the covid started last year and we were at home during this pandemic we have worked this so many ways <laughs> so this is i mean uh, the most uh, used game so what, that's what i am saying that these are the foundation skills we may not mm. be knowing when they are young but you are actually building their foundation skill and this no school can do uh any any tips for the parents that you would like to share as like a mom to mom as a mom to mom i can only say that don't stress away yourself when you are planning any activity this i have always believed in telepathy child always get vibes from you when you are in a good mood every your house is in good mood so when you plan any activity don't stress don't expect result while you are planning any activity because it may so happen when you present any activity to your kid they may not do it at that moment they will keep it aside and they said that mama i want to watch papa pig as of now i don't want to do this mm-hmm. activity and that's perfectly fine because after some time when they come they may do, start doing on their own that gives more happiness okay when you are planning those activities don't lose your you know hope and don't be disheartened and sometimes don't we try to push our kids try this it will happen try one more time try one more time as a mom sometimes it's good but let's just not make it as a habit that when i have made they have to do it that time and they have to do it perfectly at first go hmm that's yeah. more important that's more important and i'm definitely going to set up learning shelves the spinning wheel i'm going to do it <laughs> <laughs> i really liked it yeah i love the learning shelves because once a week i know i'm sorted for sorted. the whole week exactly. so that's the only way because you need not to spend so much money in buying a ikea shelf or a fancy montessori shelf it can be as simple as a table you just mm-hmm. give eight compartment or you just use eight plastic baskets just label mm-hmm. them setting up a shelf make learning continuous so with the help of shelf your advancement is happening i mean you are moving to next level every time you are setting up a shelf and with the same set of things yes that's also i think important same That's set of household things, things yeah <laughs> 
household things Fantastic. and also it gives you an opportunity of rotating your toys right yeah it's been lovely talking to you divya and i'm yeah, sure I'm all the listeners that we connected <laughs> isn't it absolutely yeah i'm sure all the listeners would have a lot of takeaways from this Thank you, Thank you so much for sharing so many things in detail with us. Yes. Thank you so and much. And inspiring other parents and making it sound like it's not so difficult. Although it looks like eight activities, but it it's very much doable. It's very so, much. It's very much doable. You yeah. just have to pick up a starting point, and once you start, you will never stop. It, it's a passion. Right. I mean, when you as a mother, when you see that your child is doing an activity which you have set. you are always self motivated to set up another activity and that's right. the beginning of your journey well put yeah fantastic with this we come to an end of this episode our next episode is a fathers day special you'll get a chance to listen to many interesting fathers from across the globe so mark your date it will be released on the 17th of june on spotify apple podcast google podcast and stitcher Of course until then we will be in touch with you on Facebook and Instagram at Partners in Upbringing and just a reminder if you like our work please support us by sharing it with your friends and family see you next time until then goodbye stay safe and, and happy, happy parenting. parenting the content of this podcast is a copyright of the makers of this podcast Partners in Upbringing the information and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk this podcast should not be considered professional advice unless stated please refer to https colon forward slash forward slash partners in upbringing dot buzzsprout dot com for further details